Good to have you all with us today and uh, worshiping here at Celebration Church. I'd like to welcome all of those who are joining us as well by video, our campus in Stevens Point, as well as the uh, guys down in the cafe at the other end of the building. Hi guys, glad you're all worshiping with us today. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, our church is a multi-site church. We have several locations, as you can tell. <laughs> There's no more room in here. So, and we're getting ready to actually launch some other new campuses around the area so we'll hope to give you an update on that in the uh, next uh, few weeks actually kind of let you know where we are on that but we're glad that you're here as well as all the people who watch us uh, on Sunday mornings uh, across northeastern Wisconsin we're getting ready to go on uh, north central Wisconsin television as well so kind of cover the top half of the state kind of excited about that uh, glad to have all of you uh, who speak Spanish with us this morning a lot of people here today uh, with the translation equipment hola Dios le bendiga Estamos feliz porque ustedes está aquí con nosotros hoy. Hopefully I said we're glad to see you and not do you like to buy a chicken. Anyway, <laughs> I think I got it right. But uh, good to have you here today. Now, this morning, before I get into the, to the message... Uh, Pastor Latham was just talking about the fabulous weekend that we had, you know, with the uh, Good Friday service and then today's services as well. And, uh, you know, the whole Easter weekend is such a fabulous reflection on how out of the most darkest circumstances, life comes forth. And I saw this uh, fabulous clip on uh, YouTube this uh, week and I thought, we got to show this on church this morning. It's a very fascinating little clip about how when you look at something from a different perspective, it turns dark into positive light. Check this out. This is the truth. If we turn things upside down, we can't expect goodness to win in the world. I would be lying to you if I said that the human race has a great future ahead that altruism could replace egotism, that your lives could be filled with joy, that your children could be safe and healthy. Before anything, you must know, the human race does not deserve these things. And I am convinced of this because I know you. Corruption and hypocrisy are in your nature. Compassion breeds weakness when only the strong survive. And I refuse to believe, under any circumstance, that you can turn things around in the coming years. This world may be sinking to new depths, but there are even more revelations to come. The human race has only one destiny, and whether you like it or not, this is what is real. I am the Lord your God. And you should know that I believe exactly the opposite. I am the Lord your God. This is what is real. And whether you like it or not, the human race has only one destiny. There are even more revelations to come. 
This world may be sinking to new depths, but you can turn things around in the coming years. I refuse to believe, under any circumstances, that compassion breeds weakness when only the strong survive, and corruption and hypocrisy are in your nature. And I am convinced of this because I know you. The human race does not deserve these things. Before anything, you must know that your children could be safe and healthy, that your lives could be filled with joy, that altruism could replace egotism. The human race has a great future ahead. I would be lying to you if I said that we can't expect goodness to win in the world if we turn things upside down. This is the truth. <laughs> Isn't that cool? It's amazing how things look when you turn them around a little bit, isn't it? Hallelujah. Well, let's take a look at the scripture this morning found in Mark's gospel, uh, the 16th chapter, talking about this incredible day that happened a little over 2,000 years ago. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. What a fascinating event had just taken place. Here, Satan thought he had finally had the greatest of triumphs. Satan hated Jesus. He didn't quite understand what was going on. He just knew the prophecies of the Messiah and all of a sudden the Messiah shows up and he knew who he was immediately. And uh, uh, he worked very hard to discourage him, to come against him, to inspire people to kill him. Many times people tried to kill Jesus, tried to stone him to death, and the crowds would gather to kill him. But he would just walk right through the midst of them, and nobody could do anything. I mean, he was untouchable. And it sure was very frustrating for Satan, but he kept trying. Eventually, he thought he had the perfect plan when he got Judas to betray him for 30 pieces of silver and got all the religious leaders uh, working together and sure enough they arrested him they took him and they began to beat him and humiliate him and put him on the cross to die and when he finally breathed his last I bet you all the devils and Satan's and his minions were all cheering and celebrating saying it's party time we finally got him we finally got him this irritating presence of God in the earth we win but then, on that Easter morning, Jesus 
raised again to life. The stone rolled away and he came out of there. This was a very bad day for the devil. This was the beginning of hope and life and resurrection power being released into the lives of millions of people throughout the world who put their faith in Christ. In fact, the Bible tells us this. None of the rulers of this age understood it. Talking about Satan and his, his, his minions. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they would have known what was going to happen, what positive was going to happen as a result of this negative, they would have never pushed the negative. But they had no idea. Jesus came to bring us freedom. And the greatest demonstration of his ability to bring us freedom is when he walked out of that tomb 2,000 years ago. Now as Christians, we are to completely identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's kind of like the center fold of Christianity. That's what it's all about. It's really not about Christmas as wonderful and fuzzy and warm as that is. And certainly he had to come or none of this would have happened. But it wasn't that. It wasn't uh, just the great teachings that he had. What really set this thing up was the fact that he willingly gave himself as the Lamb of God, to take away the sins of the world by suffering in our place. He took what we should get. He took what should have been coming to me for my sins, for my rebellion, for my disobedience to God. And he steps in innocently, says, I'll take the rap for everybody. And he becomes the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. What a phenomenal thing. That death that he had, and then that burial, and that resurrection is what we identify with uh, as Christians. That's really what baptism is all about. Uh, In the New Testament we read that, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That's what you have in a baptismal. When they go under the water, they come back out. This is all a sign of identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then he tells us that when we do this, then we need to start walking in newness of life. Walk in the new resurrection power that Christ has brought into our lives. Now, last Easter, I asked this question for those of you who saw me on TV the morning. That was what I talked about last year. But uh, I asked this question. Has the stone been rolled away in your life? You see, a lot of people come to Christ and in faith and and they experience that that first breath of life, that first breath of the life of God in them. And and they're born again, Jesus called it. And you you have this wonderful experience uh, that, that... that transforms your life. And, but instead of walking in freedom coming out of the tomb, it's like they're still locked inside the grave. It's like they can't really get anywhere with it. They know that they've taken those first steps, but they're, they're still locked in and they can't get anywhere. And we talked about some of the stones that seem to lock people in, in their lives. Um, one of them, uh, for, for some, is, is the, the stone of fear. People get so locked in by fear, even though they they trust God initially, they're so afraid of everything in their life. And they're afraid of stepping out in faith and afraid of experiencing life and, 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 and feel like God won't be there for them. And it limits them. They're like stuck in the grave. It's like these... You know, horror movies, you'll see every once in a while, you know, the, the theme of a guy who they think is dead and they bury him, but he's really sleeping and then he wakes up and, ah, creepy stuff, you know. Uh, but boy, when you bury me, make sure I'm dead, will you? Yeah. 
poke me a bunch of times with a stick or something. But, uh, you know, the, what a horrible scenario. But it's like that for these people. They come to life, but they're like they're stuck in the casket. They can't really do anything with their life because of these weights and these sins and things that hinder their lives. Fear. For some people, it's, it's the stone of addictions that keeps them locked in. Alcoholism, drug addiction, all kinds of addictions today. They are born again. They know Christ. They have faith. But these things seem to just keep blocking them in and they can't get out and they can't experience any kind of freedom in their lives others it's the stone of unbelief they just they can't have any faith for anything and again it limits them and they stay locked in the tomb though they're alive in christ others are stoned in by the disappointment of unrealized expectations and this is a big one it's a big one for a lot of people they come to christ they start walking in faith and then stuff doesn't go for them like they think it should or that it would. And as believers, we're supposed to expect the best. We're supposed to trust God for the best. And by and large, God does wonderful things in people's lives. If you will trust him, he will bless you. You will succeed. Things will be fabulous, really, in your life, generally speaking. But that's not to say you won't have times of real testing. That you won't have times of trials. That you won't have times of walking through the valley of the shadow of death, the psalmist wrote. But he said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Because none of us like going through the valley of the shadow of death. I hate it. I just want to fly over it in my airplane. Wave as I go over the top. Nobody likes to suffer. It stinks. Everybody hates it. But I'll tell you what. Everybody has to go through these things. Jesus says, in this world you will have tribulation. You'll have tribulation. Now that, you don't find that verse in any promise boxes anywhere. And you pull out these little promise verses, all these warm and fuzzy verses. One they don't put in there is, today you will have tribulation. Nobody likes those. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So even though you will have hard times, I have beat the system. I can help you through anything. Now people sometimes say, well, why do people suffer? Why do Christians have to suffer? Very simply for the one thing that we reflected on on Friday. Jesus Christ suffered brutally at the hands of evil men. And God didn't lift a finger to help him intentionally. Can you imagine how painful that had to be for God? As soon as they started insulting Jesus and spitting on him and slapping him and whipping him and crucifying him to that cross. Man, the urge that God would have had just to squish him all like a bunch of ants. Flick him off into nothing. But he did nothing. He held back. Why? Because he had to do the sacrifice or there was no hope for us. But Jesus says the servant is not above his master. If God were to so protect your life that you never suffered, then you would in fact be treated better than Jesus. And the servant is not above his master. And while God will always be with you and he'll always pull you through and at times will do wonderful miracles bringing you through situations... The reality is, sometimes we have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But we have to trust God in those things. Now, everybody wants miracles, right? Who all wants a miracle? Don't you all want miracles? It's great. Yeah, the bummer is you need one before you get one. And we don't want to need one. The minute we start needing one, everybody freaks. It's true. You know, my life stinks, my life stinks. I need a miracle. Where was God? Hello? This is how you get a miracle in the first place. You know, we read all the miracles of the Bible and we say, yeah, wasn't that great? But think it through. You know, Daniel in the lion's den. 
Here they take him and they arrest him and they throw him into this pit of lions and God works this great miracle. That was so cool. Yeah, but first he got to get thrown into the lion's den. I'd have been freaking out. Man, quit pushing me. Stop, stop. Kitty, 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 kitty. You know, I was freaking out. Don't be pushing me in there. Man, I'd be believing God and they won't push me in. How many of you say amen to that? Praise God, nobody going to push me in. Yeah, sometimes they push you in. Last week we talked about Lazarus. What a cool miracle that was. This was a miracle that got everybody so jazzed that they were all shouting Hosanna as Jesus came in to the city on Palm Sunday because of this cool miracle. Here Lazarus had been dead for three days. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes hopping out. Whoa, that had to be cool. The bad news is you've got to be dead first. And nobody wants to be dead. Don't lose heart. And the reality is, you know, and I share stories from our lives about how God has worked in us and done some cool things. But some of the greatest, coolest stories I have is because I was walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Usually because I was an idiot. You know, some people, they go through hard times. I create my own hard times. <laughs> Not the smartest boy on town. You know, but, but even when we're stupid and we do dumb things, we get ourselves in trouble, he does not forsake us. He just goes, there goes Gunger again. Come on, let's get down there. Help me out. But sometimes hard things happen to people. And, and, and if you think negative things will never happen to me, that it will stone you in. It will lock your freedom because you think God has abandoned you. He hasn't abandoned you. He knows everything that's going to happen to you. The fact that you're here today is not a surprise to him. When you walked in, he didn't go, oh, myself. <laughs> never thought he'd go to church. God knows who you are. He knows everything. He's not surprised, although we are surprised. And it's easy to let disappointment. You know, we've all been through that. I've shared difficult times in our lives. My wife's been through cancer a couple of times and different challenges that we've faced. But God has always been there. I got these cool stories because I've walked through the valley of the shadow of death and seen God's miraculous power. But it's hard and and, and it can be trying. Pastor Lathan and Lynn uh, became grandparents again this last week. Hallelujah. God bless them. As uh, Bob and Dana Gustafson uh, had a little girl, Adderley. Bob's down in the cafe. And uh, um, wonderful, wonderful thing. And it's such a blessing. But the little sweetheart was born with some serious skin abnormalities. And, but for some miracle... Which still may occur, we don't know. But, but for some miracle, she's looking at possibly years of painful surgeries. And, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be a, a difficult haul for them. And we need to lift them up and we need to pray for them as they go through this. But, you know, I'll tell you what, God, this was no surprise to God. And God knows what's going on. And we can trust him through the worst of circumstances. He is a faithful, wonderful God. And he loves that little girl. And, and he has a plan for her. And you know, as I was, this is just shortly after this happened, I was standing in the, uh, in the office and I was talking to Lathan and trying to encourage him. You know, it's, it's quite a real, you know, when that happens to you. That's tough stuff. And uh, while I'm talking to him, another brother comes in, uh, asks for prayers. So what's the matter? His wife, who had been carrying his child, they just discovered the baby had died. 
and now they had to remove the baby and stuff and that was that's an emotional thing and prayed for him and then I took uh, him and, and uh, Lynn out to lunch we got to lunch and there was somebody there who, who had just been through a horrible car wreck someone had been killed and you know she was spared but you know still had a lot of pain and I thought wow and that's something boom 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 one two three tragedies right there sometimes people think well you know if if God really cared about me none of these things would happen no 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 God cares about you the real miracle is that when you go through these difficult times he's there and he never he says I will never leave you I will never forsake you he is forever identified with us when we put our hope and trust in him don't let negative circumstances stone you in and rob you of your freedom there's freedom in Jesus we can trust God for miracles other people allow the stone of sin to block their freedom in fact a lot of them roll the stone in themselves <laughs> you know, just roll the stones so I can't do anything a lot of people are they're so up to their eyeballs doing things they know they shouldn't be doing and it limits them and they, they wonder how come I'm not experiencing joy how come I'm not having blessings how come God isn't my, answering my prayers because you need to knock it off you're stoning yourself in with these horrible things so anyway uh, while there are many people that face things that can cause them to walk in limited freedom I want to ask the question this morning that those ladies asked 2,000 years ago is who's going to roll away the stone who's going to roll away the stone and I've got three scenarios for you. Sometimes God himself will roll away the stone like he did the morning Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Sometimes God will just step in and supernaturally and miraculously do stuff that you just go, wow. Wow. And that's cool. Now remember, you got to be in a place where you need that in the first place. So don't lose heart. But then God shows up and does some cool stuff. Fabulous, fabulous things. And I could spend all kinds of time sharing stories about that. But sometimes God will ask you to help move the stone. I say help move the stone because he knows you can't really do it by yourself. So what do you mean? Doesn't God just do everything by himself? He doesn't need our help. He doesn't really need it, but he likes it. There's something about God. He loves to partner with people. It's an amazing thing. Unlike Satan who loves to possess people. You read of people or hear of people who become demon possessed and they, they have no control. They can't even remember what they do and just, you know, under, under satanic influence. God is not the devil. He doesn't possess people. He partners with people. He loves to partner with people. And you read throughout the Bible, much of the scriptures as you read these stories, it's stories of how God partnered with people to do extraordinary things. Did God need these people? Of course not. But yet he relishes it. He loves it when he gets you involved in the stone moving process. I was looking at the life of, of Moses. What a phenomenal guy Moses was. You know, and he did all these incredible things, but really he didn't do anything. But just God used him. God comes to Moses. I want you to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. What, God couldn't tell Pharaoh? Of course he could. Yo, Pharaoh, let my people go. Probably would have freaked the willies out of him. But he didn't. He said, I want you to go tell him. So Moses walks in. Let my, God, God said, I know this is going to sound a little weird. But God said, let my people go. Moses said, you're an idiot. I'm not going to listen to you. And he says, okay, then God's going to send a bunch of frogs. And then all of a sudden, frogs like crazy come out and just flood the country. 
freaks everybody to willies. And then he says, let my people go. I'm not going to let them go. I said, well, then God's going to send a bunch of locusts. And the locusts come. And one plague after another after another. You thought, wow, that's Moses' cat. He's, he's got some. Woo! When that boy says, frogs, look out. Right? Powerful guy. Well, did Moses make any of that happen? No! He was just following instructions. Why? Because God likes to partner with people. Finally, he lets the people go because he's freaking out with all these plagues. He starts to let him go and then he changes his mind. Pharaoh says, get my chariots. Go get those guys. Bring them back here. Well, now these guys are freaking out. They're up against the Red Sea. Here come the bad guys. What are you going to do? God says, get up there and tell the water to part. Moses gets up there and goes, and the water You would think Moses got some serious arms. You know what I'm talking about? Right? But did Moses do that? No! He couldn't do anything! But yet they walked across on dry ground. Then here come the Egyptians. And he waits for them to get in the middle and goes, and they all took a bath. One time Moses hits a, hits a rock in, in the middle of the desert and water just streams out of the rock and they could all drink. You think, man, that's one serious stick. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't the things, it wasn't the people. It's just that God loves to partner with people. And oftentimes, if God doesn't do something just supernaturally on his own, he'll ask you and try to get you to do things and trust him. And you to step out in faith. You to take that walk on the wild side of faith. And then the stone starts getting rolled away. And then finally, sometimes, God will ask us to help remove the stone for someone else. Um, kind of like when Jesus told, when he was getting ready to raise Lazarus from the dead, he told those guys, roll away the stone. They rolled it away, and, and uh, he yells, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes hopping out, and he's completely wrapped, wrapped up. He looks like a mummy. That would freak me out, man. <laughs> ah! You know, this dead guy, he starts hopping out with a mummy type thing. And uh, he tells him, he says, go let him go. Because he was still bound up, see. Why didn't he just all of a sudden come out without, you know, he could have snapped his fingers and all those would have fallen off. But sometimes he wants us to get involved to help other people. That's really kind of the foundation of the church. The reason we join together as people of faith is that ultimately this journey is not just about you. It's about you doing this with other people. Even people you don't like. Even people you don't even want to be around. Even with people that maybe kind of give you the heebie-jeebies sometimes. That in a church like this, that we can all be there to help one another. And I love the diversity. I look out this morning and I see so many different colored faces and a few white people. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, some of you, you know, you look, you know, you're really decked out. Some of you are just in jeans this morning. I don't care. It's great. Some of you straight as can be. Some of you got tattoos up and down your arms. Cool. I'm glad I don't because it would hurt. But it's fabulous. It's, it's not about us all being the same. It's about us all being a family together. A family of faith. And God often re- asks us to help people. To help remove the stones. Uh, we have a, uh, a, a wonderful program in our church called Celebrate Freedom. That is designed to help people who are struggling with the stone of addiction. You know, alcoholism, drug addiction, sexual addiction, all kinds of addictions out there. 
There's a great program where you can come and these people will walk with you and they will help you and they will show you how to move the stones and they'll help push them away with you. It's a fabulous program. If you struggle in any of these areas, goodness, contact the church. Ask for, there's some uh, brochures and stuff out there on the Celebrate Freedom program. Get involved in that. It's a powerful program, faith-based program. Gets you in the scriptures, shows you how to do this. There's people there to help you. Sometimes you just need help from others. We also have another great program for people who are struggling in life called Life Skills. Now this is a very cool program. This is a program for people. And and the best way I like to frame this is if it seems like the Bible isn't working for you, there's something really wrong. Because the Bible works. It always works. All the time. And if it's not working for you, there are some serious obstacles. And usually it's right here. In areas that, you know, things you, you can't think through and you've got all these walls upside your head. And uh, this program is great to help break through and give you a fresh thinking in life. And show you how you can start thinking and processing life in a positive way. Great uh, program. And you can learn more about uh, that as we go along. I'm going to have the ushers come forward and get ready to uh, serve communion this morning as well as our musicians come up. So anyway, this Easter Sunday, as you enjoy this day and, and just chill and have a great time with your family and friends and But make a determination in your heart that any stone that's blocking your faith is going to be removed. Either by trusting God to move it, or learning what you need to do to move it, or allowing someone else to help you or you to help someone else to move it. Let's walk in the freedom that Jesus made possible when God raised him from the dead. You know, when we're when we come to Christ, and as I, as I mentioned before, you know, and, and we put our faith in him, we're, Jesus called it being born again. What, what's he talking about? You see, everybody is born into the world spiritually dead because of sin. Passed on to us from Adam in the very beginning. It, it's the one thing that people, that's what you sense when something's not quite right in life. Everybody feels it. Everybody senses it. Something's not quite right. What is it? What is it? And they think, well, you know, maybe if I just, you know... Uh, make enough money, then, then, then it'll be okay. Maybe if I find the right person in my life, that, that will make it okay. Maybe if I, you know, get high enough or get drunk enough or something. All of it boils down to the same thing. Everybody is trying to fix this thing. This thing that's wrong on the inside. But I got bad news and good news for you this morning. The bad news is you can't fix it. There's nothing you can do. You cannot all of a sudden make that spiritual part of you come alive. See, it's, it's like you're a zombie in a lot of sense. You're, we're, we're kind of the walking dead. Our physically are alive, our mental part of the life, but spiritually we're dead. And we're not complete. We're not complete. And people try so desperately trying to complete. Some people go to religion trying to fix it. Trying to work their way through some kind of religious programs. I'm telling you, even religion can't fix this. The only thing that can fix this is Jesus. His forgiveness in your life. When you ask him to come into your heart, that's what he did on that Friday 2,000 years ago. He allowed himself to take the punishment you should take, that I should take. He took what he did not deserve so we could get what we do not deserve, which is forgiveness of sins. Oh, pastor, I'm not that bad of a guy can't I just be good enough look if you could be good enough he would have said just be good enough he wouldn't have gone to the cross why would he do that you can't be good enough so well, can I earn it 
you know, I'm not so bad. I'm a little better than, you know, I'm not as bad as the guy living next to me. He's a real jerk. And no, it still won't do it. If that would have done it, he would have just said, man, just earn it. Or just give enough money and you can get it. I mean, if there's any other way, he would have just said, do that. But there's nothing you can do. There's nothing without him. Without what he did 2,000 years ago, this whole planet is eternally lost and without hope. It was his sacrifice that made forgiveness possible. That God could look at you and say, you know what? You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You don't deserve it. But because of what he did, I forgive you. And cleanse you. And his spirit can touch your spirit. And suddenly you can become alive, completely whole for the first time in your life. I'd like us all to bow our heads in a word of prayer this morning. If you have never taken that initial step of faith, if you're still lying dead in sin and never experienced that resurrection power in your life, if you will pray this prayer with us and believe it and mean it from the bottom of your heart, God can start that miracle in your life this morning. Let's pray together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That you loved me so much You went to the cross and took my punishment. I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I now surrender my life to you. Amen.